0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. ESPN NBA insider Jay Williams joins Wolf and Luke to talk NBA in the Suns. Brought to you by Midwestern University Clinics in Glendale. Faculty and graduate student-led comprehensive health care. Visit MWUClinics.com to schedule an appointment. All right, hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. We are joined right now on the Arizona Sports Line by the host of Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max on the ESPN, Jay Williams. Jay Will, thanks a lot for the time, man. What's going on? How you guys
1: doing, man? I haven't talked to you both in a while for a minute. Happy New
2: Year's. Yeah, you yeah, too. Happy Absolutely. New Year, man. Um, obviously, yeah. Damar Hamlin, uh, have you ever seen anything... That compares to what we saw last night, Jay.
1: Not in person. Um, maybe Hank Gathers it reminded me of Hank Gathers mm. back in the day. Yeah. Um, you know, last night, boys, I was at home watching the game, just coming through the holidays. And uh, I, when I saw the hit, I saw him fall. From obviously somebody's been doing TV for seventeen years now. I started pacing around the house. Uh, because I know that whenever we go to commercial break three to four times, something is severely wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, seeing the amlets come out and uh it just I have never I've never witnessed nor have I felt and I've dealt with some grotesque you know, grotesque injuries. I dealt with Being in the stadium, Kevin Ware, Louisville back in the day, where literally his bone had popped out of his skin. But I never dealt with, or nor could I imagine. Actually, I could, not on the field with hundreds of thousands of people around. But uh, seeing somebody perform CPR on a teammate slash brother in real time. can't imagine that.
0: Uh, we're talking to Jay Williams, ESPN, guy, uh, of course, the host of Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Jay, we, we've been talking about this this morning of just you know the the way the the players and the coaches from both sides handled that moment, like you're describing. I mean, they're they're witnessing something just unheard of, and they're they're on TV. Everybody's watching them. Like, hey, you're still going to play the game. I, I thought that the the players and the coaches handled themselves amazingly last night.
1: Look, I agree with you. Um, you know, we often hear and well you know about this in sports, I've been conditioned since I've been a little boy, uh, about these analogies that always equate the the game or the sport to death, right? You gotta put everything on the line. Um, you know, you gotta be willing to die for this, right? Things that cliches that you say as a teammate or as coaches, that, you know, make you think, well, if we do, if, we, if we're willing to go to that extent, that means we're going to win the game. And actually seeing that potentially come to fruition last night, I am glad that one of the other cliches that I often hear is, in order to be great, you have to be a leader of men. Well, last night, we had Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor who were a leader of men. And I, I cannot applaud them enough for deciding to say, stop enough. And I guess my question that I would have for you Wolf is I know how I, I'm not. And let me, let me preface this. Cause I think it's important. I've been thinking about the all night long. I've been sending positive energy to him and his family and I, I pray that he's able to pull out of something like this and I'm going to manifest it. Once he does, hopefully cognitively he is okay. But as a, as a player, how how do I just go back to playing football? Yeah. Like how do I just go yeah. back to you know it was like, oh playoff hunt and implications and I'm like, wait a second, I saw my brother potentially or maybe who knows die on the field next to me. Right. How the hell can I think about football right now? Yeah. Not just Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like for a while. How do you deal with that? And the fact that his mother and father were there and she rode to the game with him, all of it just has you spinning in circles. And if I'm spinning in circles as a fan, somebody who was on my couch watching it. How are the players in the locker room who are his brothers? Yeah, not spinning in faster circles, Wolf.
2: Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it, Jay. You're right on this, and it's not surprising to me. You've been in that team concept. You understand that your entire life, and suddenly you've got a situation where he goes down, and they're administering CPR out on the field. Oh, I'm sorry, you, you just you, you do not see that ever happen and to answer your question how do you go on I, you go on when you know you've got positive news about the You know, I mean, as a player, that's where you but at the same time, um, it's going to be really interesting to see what the league does. And I, I am not judging them in any way, shape or form, because it is an impossible task to start talking about, Okay, what are we going to do to make this game up? But you know what? Forget about that. What are we going to do about this weekend coming up? Okay. Wait, forget about that. What are we going to do about finishing the season in the play? I mean, honestly, there, there are suits walking around the office right now that are mumbling to themselves in the National Football League. They don't want to have to think about this or do anything or make any type of announcements when DeMar is in peril. And to answer your question, I, I just, I, I don't know how you go through that. There's an old saying, I was talking about this earlier, there's an old saying in football, man, we used to say it to each other, walk through it, bro, walk through it, you know what I mean? Hey, no matter what you face, this is the game of football, dude, walk through it, and yet, Jay. This is unlike anything that we have ever seen, at least for, from my perspective. And to just say walk through it when your brother, whom you love, is fighting for his life—that's something altogether different, man.
1: Well, it just makes the whole. I got. I got to be honest today. You know, I guys, I had to be on the air for. I could barely sleep last night. And then I had to, you know how this is, look more like when something like this happens, uh, it, it's almost like I had the same anxiety I had before the game. <sighs> uh, what plays are we going to run? Yeah. And how are we going to counter certain things? Like That was the way my brain was firing on all cylinders last night. How am I going to talk about this? And I'll be real with you, even the fact that, Sometimes bringing up the implications or what do we do about playoffs or last week of the regular season or what do we do about the Super Bowl still makes me sick that I have to even think about that. I can't even – I struggle to even speak on it. And it's like almost like this – well, once again, like there's this inhumanity that translates to football sometimes. And I'll give you guys one quick analogy that always bothered me. And and I get it. Like fans – look at athletes to certain degrees as characters, right? Characters, you follow how their character develops throughout the course of the movie. And sometimes I think, you know, when people on the outside, and now that athletes through social media hear fans more than ever and respond and engage, because that's what we're incentivized to do. You you hear a lot of stuff like when people are like, oh, he's a bum. I'm like, well, he's... Part of point zero zero one percent of the world. He's not really a bomb. <laughs> he's right. maybe not the point zero 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 one percent, but he's not a bomb, yeah. right? Um, and then when I, I see people that are talking about these other things, it's like it's part of our job. Hot takes, and you know, people have to come up with you know very interesting things to say. It just all I cared about right then and there was the person. Yeah. Like DeMar Hamlet, the person. Who was the person? Because we look at the character. They don't look at the person. So you start understanding who the person was. And it, it hits home differently because these guys, you guys sacrifice. You, you put your lives on the line. Like Ryan Clark and I are connected on a near-death experience. Like, I, I, don't, I don't even know what else to say. Words can't really fathom how I'm feeling. I can't imagine how his mother and father who are by him feeling right now.
0: Yeah, Jay well said man that is, is like spot on you know, it, it feels it doesn't even feel right to talk about anything else but you're right from the, the, the standpoint of preparing to do a show like it's just it's very strange because everybody's just thinking that DeMar Hamlin it's it's weird to even have to think about anything else Jay we appreciate it, man I know you did a lot of radio today thanks for calling in
1: I appreciate you guys
0: Thank you, Jay. Thanks that's uh, Jay Williams Bye, Will. The host of Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN joining us right there on the Arizona Sports line. Uh, when we come back. What is the future of the, uh, the the Cardinals quarterback position heading into next season? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, thanks to Jay Williams for joining us, uh, Dave Pass in the first hour, too. It's not the easiest topic to discuss, and I thought they both did a really good job of it. Uh, Lorenzo Alexander will join us in the next hour. Well, we need some Zoe today, Wolf. Zoe is the guy that when you talk to him, you just start to feel better about everything, and he will no join talk. us uh, next hour. We'll switch gears here a little bit over to the Cardinals because this is your first show back here in a little while. And, um, you know, since, since you were out, we find out Kyler Murray's going to have surgery on his knee. He's going to have it outside of the organization, though. So that's a little bit different than, than maybe what you would, what people would typically expect.
2: Yeah, you know, honestly, ladies and gentlemen, it's almost like I need a disclaimer on this because I'm old. I, yeah, sorry. Um, the consultants, by the way, they always say, don't ever reference your age, don't ever do that. Are you crazy? Um, but you you have consultants, yeah, I know. Well, yeah, from time to time, Uh, you don't. I need to get some consultants. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, the consultants would tell (laughs) me to get consultants. Um, okay, great. I've got a complex now. Thank you. I appreciate
0: it. No, you're prepared. Um, I'm wandering in here like an
2: idiot. Um, I'm old school, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what? I'm going to stop apologizing for that. I really am. Uh, Can I just tell you right now? Write it down. What is it? January 3rd. Yeah. This is your resolution? 2023. This is it. I'm going to stop apologizing for being old school. I am what I am, and I'm proud of it.
0: I'm not only going to write it down, I'm going to save it on this computer monitor so I can just turn it towards
2: you anytime you apologize in the future. So, having said that, um, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm though. doing it right now. I, I hate the fact Kyler Murray's getting his knee done outside the organization. I do. Uh, that's just me. I know I'm old school and, once again, will not apologize for it. Uh, I know players, they have the right to pursue whatever doctor they like and believe is best for their career. That makes perfect sense. It does. But to me, it just reinforces the narrative of Kyler not being a team player. right? And you know that narrative is out there. It's a, you know Kyler he was out there Murray. before the season. Exactly yeah. right. And it's out there about Kyler Murray. And it just kind of reinforces the fact that somehow, someway, he's going to put himself in front of the organization. And that, I don't believe, is the case. But I can tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, that's what people are going to take and run with. They are. This is just more piling on. I just don't like the look right now for Kyler murray i don't like it i think i think players should trust their organization and look at doctors especially dr gary Wozlewski, who is renowned in the industry himself he's an excellent orthopedic surgeon for the arizona cardinals and has been for years um you know again it just opens the door it's the optics It
0: is. I think everybody kind of had the same reaction when when that first came out. It was like, okay, I mean, it's his knee. He can do whatever he wants. Exactly right. But what's wrong with doing it here? You know, I mean, I think that was everybody's just genuine human
2: reaction. Well, I guess, too, when you you sign a contract that is going to pay you $230 million, you know, there's a lot of money at stake in getting this right. I understand that. And every player does have the right to pick who he wants to do his knee. Especially when there's so much at stake. I I understand that. Um, But I'm old school. And old school says, hey, listen, I I need to trust the team doctor, the team orthopedic surgeon. Especially when he's as good as Gary Waslewski is. And not only that, I'm going to get a much better rehab experience because I'm doing it here. Yeah. That matters to me as as it does it matters to me that that rehab which is just as important as that surgery is going to be how he rehabs it you know what i the best way to do that is here with a team, well, Cliff Kingsbury
0: addressed that actually yesterday. He was asked, "Okay, yeah, surgery and everything, but but where is he going to rehab? Have you guys determined that yet?"
3: Um, no, I, I think we'll have a good plan in place as an organization and, and talk through that and make sure that wherever it's at, um, they'll have the you know best treatment in half.
0: Yeah, because because let me amend my earlier statement, Wolf. Of there's so much unknown with this team. Who's going to be on this team next season? Buddha Baker, uh, Kyler Murray, too. <laughs> I mean, you you are you are built to be built around him for the foreseeable future as a fan whether you like it or not that's the way it is the team committed to doing that last year and you could understand why they did I mean you can go back to last offseason how many times did you and I say it sure would be nice to see another year of uh, progress from Kyler before you commit a quarter of a billion dollars to him they didn't really have that option but either way that is committed to him and so you're building around him whether he's here for week one or week eight next season. And yeah, I have to I have to think internally they're like, hey, we would like you doing the rehab here. You don't <laughs> Dallas
2: has nothing tied to See, you. I you know, honestly, for me, um we're paying you two hundred and thirty million dollars. There's no way you think it's a better idea for him to go rehab somewhere else. <laughs> I, I'm thinking, you uh, know, on the rehab. I'm with you
0: on that. Really? Yes. Like, I, I understand. I just put myself in the athlete's shoe it, 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 shoes. If he's like, OK, I'm going to have the surgery. I trust this doctor, you know, whatever the personal history, whatever it could be. But as far as rehab, if I'm the team, it's what you just said, man. Two hundred thirty million dollars. That buys us
2: some rehab in our state. We've <laughs> we've got an awful lot invested into the future of you, Kyler. We do. And because of that, we want to make sure you're rehabbing that correctly. And um, once again, the, the doctor that Kyler Murray is going to see, ladies and gentlemen, I'm told he's absolutely fantastic. No doubt about that. But um, again, being an old school dude, um, you know what? I would have liked to seen him keep that in house inside the organization altogether.
0: Here's more from Cliff yesterday on Kyler's surgery, which I believe is set for today. I've never had one, um, but
3: just talked through um, the other day in the training room and just talked through kind of what he'd heard, and we've had some other guys who kind of talked him through the process and what it's going to look like and how it's going to go, and I was—I just told him you're a much better athlete than all those guys, so I expected to be a lot faster recovery. Um, but no, I think he's ready to just get it going and get on the uh, trail to, to rehab. And uh, one more from Cliff. Yeah, I mean, from what I've heard, they guy's that, you know regarded as one of the top in the in the country, and so uh, all of our guys have that option. Um, uh, so it doesn't make a difference to me. Yeah
2: deal yeah, so know much unknown with this team
0: so, I mean like yeah, I, no. I, I hear Cliff talking I'm like but and I get it and I don't think he's like thinking about it this way but you don't even know Cliff's gonna be the coach next year
2: yeah no it it really is there's so many things that are up in the air right now um and this not the least of them Kyler Murray of course and the surgery um I'm sure he's going to get um the, the best of the best uh at the same time the rehab question yeah he's probably going to rehab it I would imagine um uh, Um, locally, wherever he's getting it done, and um, I don't know if that is here. I haven't been told anything. It sounds like Cliff is still up in the air on that and where he is going to rehab it. But, you know, once again, um, let's hope that the knee and the surgery goes extremely well because there's an awful lot that's riding on this. Kyler Murray and his well-being going forward. The Arizona Cardinals have an awful lot invested in this thing going well. The surgery and the rehab. And I think that's an understatement. Here, see, I saved the file. January third, twenty twenty-three. Wolf vows to stop apologizing
0: for being old school. I like that. So, anytime when you do I this tomorrow, I am. I'm just going to turn this towards you.
2: I okay? love that. There we go. Just, just you know, honestly, stuff. print that out. Let's hang it on the wall. Let's <laughs> put it right over your monitor. Just hang it right on the wall. We'll put it
0: right over like the reeds they have on I'm the walls. I'm going to
2: stop doing it.
0: <laughs> Uh, Text us your thoughts the Fandle text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. It was a scary moment on Monday Night Football last night. So what's next for the league and, and the Buffalo Bills? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. An update from the NFL Just put this statement out that the, uh, the Bills-Bengals game that obviously was supposed to be played last night and started not going to be uh, resumed this week. So Adam Schefter among the many tweeting that out and then it says it also says the league has not made any changes to the week 18 regular season schedule we will continue to provide additional information as it becomes available I mean this is the definition of a fluid situation Wolf but I I think in terms of not expecting these guys to play this week um, yeah (laughs) there's no way you're playing this game tomorrow or something like there's just no way There's, there's no way football is not I don't have to tell you this but I'm just saying it in general like it's not It's not like, hey, guys, let's get back to running track. Like, you have to have a certain edge to play football or you'll get hurt. And so you can't. There's no way to ask these guys to go out there and play like that right
2: now. You know what, too? Just listening to you talk about that, it's so right. Um, The blood sport is so physical and it's so aggressive and violent, dare I say. It is going out onto the field. It's one of the things that I truly appreciated. I I mean that from the bottom of my bones to be able to walk in between the white lines and act like an unmitigated savage. I've said this many, many times over the years, and it's true. It's something that I I totally enjoyed. Um, Yet at the same time, every player's got to deal with that. They've got to deal with the process of going out there and playing that way playing with that kind of requisite intensity that you need to and physicality that you need to in order to get through the game. And when you check all the boxes and you do all the right things, the way Damar Hamlin did, he kept his head out of that tackle, did a wonderful job making the tackle and wrapping the arms. It was a great, strong, physical tackle. And T. Higgins as well, the way he ran the ball, I thought it was a great job. By T. Higgins, everything was done right, and yet you get that kind of outcome right there. Something that really has never been seen before. Um, of course, the best game day, NFL game day producer in the world, or has ever been Jim Omahundro, of course, the son of Johnny Omahundro, the legendary uh, head trainer for the St. Louis and Arizona Cardinals for 42 seasons, inducted into the Hall of Fame, as a matter of fact. Um, He reminded me of a death on the field in training camp. It was JV Kane all the way back in 1979 with the St. Louis Cardinals. JV Kane, who had an art, who had a heart issue where Johnny O'Mahandro was working on JV Kane when he collapsed on the field. And they got him to the hospital, but he died. He passed away later in the hospital. That, to me, um, is, is the closest thing that comes to what we saw last night. It just didn't happen in a game. It was at training camp, of course. Not that that matters or changes anything, but it's one of the reasons why we were we were so shocked when we saw it. You see, somebody, a trainer, out on the field, and they're administering CPR. They're they they're doing that to a player on the field. You get the look Josh Allen had on his face when he saw what was
0: happening. I will not ever forget the look on Josh Allen's face. I know everybody's really pointing to Stephon Diggs because he was tearing up and he wasn't the only one. But the, the, the moment for me, because we had people that were watching the game. But you know how sometimes when you have a, a few people watching the game, you're not you're not always watching like okay they went to commercial but they kept coming back and kept going to commercial but when they showed Josh Allen with like his hands over his mouth it's like wait a minute this is not this is not a guy with an injured ankle or something you know what i mean um this is Joe Buck Joe Buck and, and Troy Aikman obviously were calling the game last night and so the game got uh, postponed and so they went to ESPN coverage and then they they talked to Joe Buck about just the whole situation and how how everybody just kind of handled it.
4: This went from a sports story to a news story from a sporting event to a matter of life and death like that. Yeah. And there was a moment when the medical personnel was all out there and we're standing up here and, and unfortunately like lisa said and you guys have been talking about we've been through a lot of situations in games where we've stood up here and you're watching medical personnel uh make sure somebody's okay down on the field and you think they're going through a you know a blow to the head or something along those lines And uh, it switched. It switched quickly. Um, And it went from what is the typical everybody gather around, let's make sure this player is okay, to those who were on the field in his immediate vicinity uh, administering CPR and, and really pounding on his chest. And a lot of that was not on television. I have no idea what's on social media. I have not checked it. But we were sitting here, and I'm looking at Troy, and he's looking at me. And it was like, my God, what did this, this is not what you expected to see. And now, is he okay? And it went on and on and on. And then that's when the players were gathered around so tight that it was hard to, to even see what was going on.
0: We when we did cross talk with Bickley and Murata this morning, I think Bickley sort of hit on this. You know, generally in a, in a situation like this, like the, like so, like the Tua injury earlier this season. I'm not trying to compare them, but just that was such a horrible image for everybody um, at the yeah. time. Yeah. the thought is always like, okay, how do you avoid this in the future? or Was this avoidable? And, and to your point, Wolf, like it, it was, it was not some crazy play. That's oh. that's what's so scary about it because you just watched kind of a normal football play that happens a a thousand times every weekend and so that i think in addition to everything else kind of rattled everybody of like this was not some crazy freak accident on the field it was it was something it, it just was
2: horrible it was um absolutely horrible and something i've never seen once again i i can't get over this I can't. It's something that I was talking to the Warrior Queen about because Vetter James, my 12-year-old son, soon to be 13, Lord willing, was sitting down. He was watching the game with me, and suddenly it happened. And this all unfolding live, of course, um, on our television, and the the... <laughs> (laughs) the level of concern in my 12 year old boy who wants to play the game he's got the desire to play the game and I'm talking about tackle football inside his heart now we don't know how that's going to go we have no idea but he's got the desire he thinks he loves the idea of going out and actually playing tackle football in all of its glory I'm not so sure the warrior queen uh, wouldn't want him to play baseball a lot more he's good and, at baseball too but isn't she he? also is a football wife yeah and she is and she understands the game and the goodness of the game and the passion of the game and how the game is so rewarding she understands it she knows it and she doesn't need me to convince her about that but you know she came in and she was all i what is what is the ambulance I've never seen an ambulance out on the field. I've, I've never seen that. I've seen carts, of course, out on the field. I've never seen an ambulance out on the field. I've never seen trainers administering CPR on the field. And there's the Warrior Queen seeing that as well. Um, it's a conversation, of course, that I told her. I said, listen, this is, this is something that is so... Rare. Um, You'll never see it again. Maybe you'll never see it again. All of the analysts that I've talked to, all of the ex-players that I've talked to have never seen anything in a game like this. I told you about J.V. Kane back in 1979. That was training camp and a practice. But out on the field, when the silks are on, and here it is on Monday Night Football, a nationally televised game, and that happens. Um, Man, you talk about a still point moment. That's why the entire world is watching the NFL right now and what it is that Roger Goodell and company will do well you know anybody that has watched sports for
0: a while certainly if you've covered sports you, you know you kind of see some stuff behind the scenes off the field it, it, you, you you couldn't help but think of like the worst injuries you've seen in sports right and this wasn't any of those like this was just such a, a different level so I mean I know everybody's been saying it but obviously everybody's yeah. saying it for a reason their, their thoughts and prayers are with DeMar Hamlin right now and I, who knows when we'll get an update right I mean we kind of got a little bit of an update last night but it might be a while before there's an update. Uh, all right, we come back. We'll switch gears over to basketball and the Phoenix Suns and the trade deadline. About five and a half weeks away, there's another another date of note for the Phoenix Suns in particular. In about uh, not even two weeks, we'll discuss that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. Flipping over to basketball. Phoenix Suns are... uh not playing the way that we are used to seeing them play. At least, not this iteration of the team. Fifteen and six at the end of November, and now twenty and eighteen. So, what is that? Five and twelve in their last seventeen games. They have as many losses this season as they had all of last season. Well, we're not even at the halfway point, and, and and even beyond that. I mean, it's it's the losses. T- but they they lost eleven games in December and they're zero and one in January. I'll lose eleven games in one month. I mean that is taking you back to like the
2: twenty sixteen Suns, right? Yeah, that is that is honestly, it's something I wrote down as well. The fact that they've matched their loss total from a year ago, and it's January third. It's the beginning of January, and that is. Wow! Well, and it's not
0: like it's not like you watch these games and you say, okay, when everybody's healthy, they're automatically a title contender again because we haven't really seen this team healthy together. Now you could say what well, we saw in last year. Eh, kind of. I mean, you don't have Jay Crowder anymore. So that makes Cam Johnson a starter. So that already is a different version of what we saw last year. And that is the best-case scenario, that Cam Johnson is back and Devin Booker is back. And we're seeing some of the other peripheral players come back, at least, although it hasn't made a difference in terms of wins and losses. We're approaching the halfway point of the season, and they are in a three-way tie for 7th, 8th, and ninth right now in the Western Conference. They are a game and a half up on Utah for 10th and they are 3 games up on Minnesota for missing the play-in tournament. Right now they would if the season ends right now they'd be in the play-in tournament. They'd be playing Damian Lillard in the first round of the play-in tournament. Uh, and if they you know, you don't want to be in a one and done situation against a guy like Damian Lillard, right? Cuz what if he goes off? So then because they're the 8th seed, they would drop down into an elimination game if they lost that against Golden State. <laughs> so like this is this is not the way the final standings are going to look in a few months I get that they're obviously going to be a lot better when Devin Booker and Cam Johnson come back but this thought that the regular season ah it doesn't matter so what they like they had a bad month well yeah if they have another bad month, they're going to be looking up at teams in the
2: play-in tournament. Yeah, you know, and, and again, there are a lot of people right now where they're reaching for the panic button. <laughs> if you don't have your finger on the panic button right now for room. the Phoenix Suns, I think there there are a lot of people out there, metaphorically speaking, of course, that are reaching for that button. Um, I, I'm not I'm not there. I'm not reaching for it, Bay I I will tell you, though that i'm thinking (laughs) (laughs) i just like to know where it is (laughs) (laughs) i'm thinking about reaching for that button right there um when you say they've lost as many games as they did last year and it's the first week of january and they have 44 more games of the regular season 44 more games to play it makes you think of reaching for the panic button. Um, they had an 11 point quarter. Does that make you want to reach for the panic button? I think yes. Is the it makes is me want to throw
0: the panic button through a window.
2: Uh, you know what? They had a 20 point quarter as well, and that still made you think. Oh man, what's going on here? What? Not what, really that much better. On?
0: Um, 31 points at halftime. I mean, just go ahead and say they had 31 point half. Yeah, That's what that so, all adds up to
2: yeah. That that's so you're saying that's not good. I'm right? saying it's subpar. Um, you know, if the playoffs started today, the Suns would they'd be in the playing games. Yeah, to your point, with some teams and, you don't want to be in there. With. I mean, you know, it does. It's it's a situation that makes you feel very very odd.
0: Well, and I'll just go ahead and say this too: like Golden State. They've won five in a row. So they are a team that's in the play in tournament right now that's eventually going to be in the top six, like perhaps by as soon as like tomorrow, right? And when you look around at these other teams, to me, with the way the season has played out and the injuries they've had, you just need to get in the top six. You just need to, you, when the playoffs start, you need to be in a best of seven series. Stay away from this play in garbage because you could have one bad day and your season could be over. So get in the top six. But at least stay in the top 10. And the thing is, when you look around the West, how many of these teams do you really think are going to drop out? Denver, Memphis, New Orleans, Dallas, Sacramento, the Clippers, Portland, Golden State, and Utah are the other nine teams in the top 10 right now. now Utah, realistically, I think is going to drop out. Yeah. They're about to. But on the outside, looking in, you still have Minnesota and the Lakers, who are probably at least play in, play in level talent you just you you have to turn this around at some point. I know the fans are getting frustrated because there's there's just no moves. I read the uh the tweet earlier from Baxter Holmes that implied because they haven't switched ownership yet, Robert Sarver would have to sign off on any big move um which may be hamstringing them a little bit right there, and that really comes into play here in twelve days wolf because the the other date for the sun specifically that isn't the trade deadline, but it's the the d a deadline. You can trade him after January 15th as long as he signs off. But. You also have to have somebody that's willing to give you a lot back in return if you're yeah. going to do
2: that. So you're saying Robert Sarver's looking at the bottom line at this point in time. Is that what you're saying? Are you implying I, that? I, I
0: would assume if he's selling the team, although he's going to make a lot of money, but I would assume if he's selling the team, yeah. he'd be like, yeah, you know what? I'm probably not going to pay for you to bring in you know, whoever. The, the exact tweet from Baxter Holmes was, as Brian Windhorst notes here, and there's a whole story you can read on ESPN.com, Robert Sarver still has to give the Suns personal sign-off on any deal for a player with a salary that is more than the current average player salary, multiple league sources tell ESPN. It's a very unique situation what the Suns are going through. You don't typically see a team that entered the year as a title contender that is a playoff team being sold midseason. So even right there, multiple league sources had to tell ESPN because they didn't know off the top of their head.
2: Do you know, speaking of no right now, um, listen, I've been on winter break, forgive me, right now, and I'm being a little facetious when I ask you this question, but Cam Johnson um, coming back from knee surgery right now. Mm -hmm. Any indication as to when Cam Johnson... may? Have you heard anything? Just that he was shooting the ball a little bit. And
0: I can tell you this, the one to two months... His last game was November fourth, so that well, would be like tomorrow. Yeah. Here
2: is what I will say: James Jones was on Burns and Gambo last week, and here was James Jones' update on Cam Johnson.
3: No, I don't. I don't. I don't have anything that I could give you. Um, the best news I can give you is. One of these days, we'll say he's, he's back. And uh, <laughs> until then, we're, we're still just progressing forward. Um, he's getting better every day.
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure people seeing him on the court, ramping up his on-court stuff. But um, we still have a c- couple more hurdles to, to, to cross. But when we do, we'll let you know.
2: Okay. So I'm going to take that, and I'm going to stick that in the positive column right there. Um, Are you? He's on the road trip. Oh, okay. Yeah. that That makes me feel good. That he's on the road trip. Um, I realize it's a, <laughs> it's the mother of all road trips, but at the same time, I like the fact he's on the road trip because that tells me, um, he is getting better and maybe closer than what we think. He's got to get out of street clothes because. I don't know
0: if you were here for this, but remember when he's wearing the expensive suit and Mikel Bridge is just is sweating all over it, leaning on him on the bench? Like, he's just got to get back in uniform just so Mikel stops ruining his expense, uh, expensive outfits. Yeah, there's one game left on this road trip. And again, tomorrow would be exactly two months from Cam Johnson's last game. It's... it's um it's odd because when he got hurt, my first thought when we were doing the show two months ago was, boy, this is really going to hurt Cam Johnson because he needs these reps as a starter in the regular season for for him to get where they need him to be in the playoffs. But I, I didn't really think at the time, oh, this is going to hurt the Suns in the regular season, right? It was more like, this is going to hurt Cam Johnson. He needs these games that he's missing. But now, like you see it, they they need him back for for wins and losses. Yeah. <laughs> because when you're in the middle of the conference, the wins and losses all of a sudden matter a lot more.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we started by talking about pushing that panic button, right? And I know you're not ready to push it. Is there a it. trade I, button? I, I, Could I, I push a I trade button? I know you're, you're not ready to do that. No, there's only the panic button. No, I'm okay? still there's about a, a month maybe away from that. Maybe you want to push it because there hasn't been a trade. And you're like, what are you doing? Just and, get that and panic start button it away on. Get it. that
0: handy around February 9th because uh, if there aren't see, any trades,
2: that's what I wanted to ask you. When, when will you, Luke Lipinski, think of actually reaching for the panic button? I'll think of it when they drop out of the top ten
0: if they get to that point. <laughs> Boy, okay. But they're, I will be... I mean, they're real I know, close right I know. now. Well, they, I understand that. But I will be hitting the panic button if there's not some sort of significant move at or before the trade deadline. Okay. Because even if it's like, well, we got Booker back. Where are you? Uh, we're in 12th, and we didn't make any other moves. Like you said earlier, it's not like this team looked great That's even before right. Booker no, got
2: hurt. No, they did not. So you can only ask the guy to do so much. Yeah, you know, the I'm going to answer my own question right here. I'm not going to even reach for the panic button. Have have I considered it, ladies and gentlemen? Have I actually (laughs) thought to myself, man, I'd like to pick my left hand up right now and push that button because this team looks completely different, and they do. When you juxtapose what we saw last year to what we've seen this year, Oh, my goodness. It, it, once again, the culture was so strong last year. And it's one of the reasons why when they broke down in the Mavericks series, we were like, what in the world? It was, it was like denying the sun had shine, if you know what I mean. No pun intended. Yes, of course. Okay. It, was, it was that profound watching this team collapse. And now I'm sitting here wondering, is that what? What? What is going on? Because they look completely, especially on the defensive end of the floor. That is where they, their culture was the strongest. Hey, listen, you know, okay, we're missing our shots like they have been as of late. We're missing our shots. Hey, don't worry about it. You know what? We'll win the game on the defensive end yeah, of the
0: floor. We'll keep if we can't hit our shots. We'll keep you down at our level until we can start hitting our it's shots.
2: Absolutely, one of the yeah. best traits of this team, individually and collectively. And that's the one I don't understand why that went away.
0: I really don't. The questions I Where have has it gone as much as I don't get the 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 handling of the Jay Crowder thing, and we still don't really know who is behind that. If it's the Suns or if it's Jay Crowder, that is almost a secondary question to me. Is what happened to the defense because Jay Crowder, yes, he helps it. And he helps with your team attitude in that regard of like, you're not going to score on us. If we're not scoring. You're not scoring, but he's not, it's not like he's the greatest defender in the Correct. history of basketball. It shouldn't have gone all out the window just because he's not here. Right. It's, it's very strange. And again, to your point, like with Booker, like you go back to the, where this all started and that you have a 16-point lead against Houston on December 2nd and you lose that game, or you just get run out of the building by Dallas on December 5th, or you're down by 45 to Boston on December 7th, they had Devin Booker in all those games. So it's not just, a, oh, Booker comes back, everything will be fine. Like you, you got to right. be proactive, too, because there's other teams in this league trying to win. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your lunch, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.